pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Residence 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello to you, I am Simon Byron. And there is no Scanters this week. Where is she? I don't know. She booked it off ages ago though, didn't she? Yeah, but she didn't tell us where she was going. We need to add more detail to the holiday forms, don't we? <laughs> Extra fields. Actually, what does she, she do? Uh, what, what do you mean as a job? But, I mean, what, is she, yeah, what does she do in order to not be around now? To neglect... <sighs> I don't know, maybe she's Our listeners. On, she's always going on walks, isn't she? Mm. So maybe she's literally in a field somewhere. Wow. Well, I hope she's having a nice time. Me too. Uh, we don't have any news today, do we, because of that? Oh, God, she does that, doesn't she? She does do I that. I knew there was something that she did. You'd think we'd have remembered, but we didn't remember, but we will get through it. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Steve. How are you? I am okay. I, I was going to say I've had a busy week, just because it feels like the thing to say, but okay. I have not had a busy week had the opposite of a busy week, but I have been playing lots of video game. How appropriate for a video game radio show. Mm, so I can tell you all about Good. Luminez and not much else. Okay. Later in the show. Good. Well, it's not just us, thankfully. thankfully. Do you remember the last time we did that? It was awful. <laughs> it felt like about three hours. It really was, it? wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, with Anne gone, we needed a heavyweight guest. Mm. Uh, someone that we've been trailing on the show for weeks, actually, we because have. we've been unsure when he was coming in. <laughs> no, because we're extra professional. You like to do these sort of like previews. And you know, coming that. up in four weeks' time. Yeah, the countdown three to weeks time. Time. He'll be here soon, so we've been decorating. <laughs> uh, it's Jim Rossignol from Big Robot. Hello there. Hello. Hi, Jim. Thanks very much for coming in. That's okay. How are you? Good. Where were you four weeks ago when we thought you, we, you were coming in? Uh, um, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you f- 
Did I, oh, sorry. That was good. That's a new record. <laughs> Apologies for the language on One Life Left. That's sorry two episodes that. in a row. Simon did deliberately tell me to, to, to curb my filthy mouth. I did. And, yeah, it's uh, part of the official instructions, isn't it? Because <laughs> of that incident a few years ago. But still, it's nice to know that we're still mavericks. We are uh, mavericks who apologise for the I'm Very sorry. Uh, straight after incidents. Right, my, I'll, I'll just go then, shall I? <laughs> just, my... Um, my son is like, Dad. How can I listen to your to your radio show? And I was like, Oh, you should use this sort of thing. I'll 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 uh, I'll, inter- I'll set his podcast app up from next week, shall I? Assuming <laughs> that's, that there's that's no potty mouth gym on that as well. <laughs> he's asked about one life left. He's becoming self aware. He is. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that just like dad stuff that you do in the background that he has? You know, he's obliged well, to ignore. He's, he's heard about the language on it. That's what it is. It, does he know we used to have Talia on it though? He does. Back. He can't believe what uh, he he laughed out loud when I told him the intro that we made her do. <laughs> you know what, what intro? Remember when we I got her to read out One Life Left is a radio show for adults? Uh, it contains, <laughs> I do remember sometimes now. Sometimes it contains strong language like fun, ship, and sometimes <laughs> cup. But I bleeped out the last syllables of that, as you should have done, Jim. I, I didn't bring my bleeper with me. I'm really sorry. Uh, so Jim's here uh, in your capacity of big robot. But you, you used to be a news journalist yourself, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. One, of, one of the greats, they called me. Did they? Probably. Well, maybe you could help with the news. Is that... Uh, is, Why not? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going to do that? Have you got some news for us, Jim? Um, have you scanned over? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let, let's have a look at the news. All it's right, good so to see a glimpse of the professionals in action. I'll play the uh, I'll play the theme. Okay, and then I'll okay. I'll cue you. I'll yep. point at you when All we're right. when we're ready for it. Okay, just I'm hang just, on. Uh, but before you get going, uh, in order to stick to the one life left house style, right. okay, um, you need to slightly overrun the bed mm-hmm. uh, right. and end with an, an awkward joke on two out of the five stories <laughs> coming up. Okay, I think it might be too hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. On. Here we go. Jim. Hello. Sorry, yes. You've been queued. So what I did there was I googled (laughs) video game news. Okay. Uh, All one word for video games, as it should be. Right. Um, And there's no news at all for that. (laughs) It's all opinion about... uh, why we should care about a Google video game console. Okay. Mm, that is big news this should week, we isn't it? There's been a lot of speculation, hasn't there? Mm. Who was it who ran with it first? Was it gamesindustry.biz? I've seen this story on... Uh, oh, where is it? Like so, no, 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 It's on Polygon, this, Polygon. this particular right, piece that okay. we're referring to. I think I saw it on They're the very good or something. Right? Yeah. Very handsome. So, so this is a uh, Jim. Do you know anything about the this this supposed Google video game console? What is it? Where's it come from? What's it going to do? I believe that within Google, they have uh, a philosophy of just doing ill-advised projects like the crazy specs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of them put their hand up at a meeting and said, "Why don't we make a video game console?" Right. And uh, and then they just ran with that idea. Okay. Right. What's it going to be called? The G Box. Box, yeah, goggle box. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, so, what, what are their naming conventions already? Though, there's Android, uh, Chromecast, 
uh, Google Maps there is. <laughs> Google Game, a classic. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, I, I know very little about this. I saw someone on Twitter getting mad about um, the central concept, which appears to be, you know, streaming games. Okay. That's what they were apparently... No one likes that. Apparently they got uh, loads of devs in a room at GDC. And they said, uh, all right, lads. Okay. And they don't mean that in a gendered way. No, of lads course, of these not. days. Means ladies. Means everything. Yes, an abbreviation <laughs> of, of ladies. He said, lads, what do you think to, uh, to us taking, uh, taking care of all the hardware stuff for you so everyone can run your really high powered games? Okay. And the devs uh, said, Sounds sounds great, uh, and this came out. I think it was in was it Kotaku or Polygon? Someone did a, a a news story about like what do you think the future of the video game industry is, and a couple of the big hitters. I think uh, Ubisoft dude, what's his name? Eve. G- Eve Gilmore. That one. Must Eve. pronounce any of the letters in the, in the okay. Eve online. We call him. Uh, yeah. He uh, said, I think. I mean, I skip read the piece. It could have been someone else. And anyway, someone said, "It's Google in it, streaming." Right. So, see, I, know. I imagine it's going to be just a search box, and then you type <laughs> the game that you're looking for in, and it Half gives you 21 three. million results. Yeah. The first three pages of which are irrelevant. <laughs> uh, Microsoft have said that they're going to be doing some streaming stuff, haven't they? Is this to do with Mixer? Because no, they've got Phil said that um, they were looking to expand. This is at their. Um, E3 presentation, they were looking right. to expand the formats. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, it does seem like there's a shift that way, if, if indeed that is the case. Mm, we don't know. I'm not sure. Why well, uh, can we get invited into these conferences? Is, that is we, we were at GDC. Yeah. Oh, and we're ladies. Because we're, we're, <laughs> we're journalists at uh, GDC as right. well, aren't we? Yeah, so yeah, we probably, okay. probably like, they don't, don't want to leak on One Life Left. Well, look what's happened. Speculation. Have you got any more stories, Jim? I'm not sure there's any more news out there, but we'll try. <laughs> okay. Um, let's have a look at um, release date for first new Dakar rally game in 15 years. Oh. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? It's a Dakar rally game. Yeah, but what's the release date? I'm checking it out now. Interestingly, this is on autosports.com, which is usually just a... Uh, They've got a good CEO man there, they? Or, they? Or, or, or lady. September 11th. On okay. uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and it, PC. That's an inauspicious day, isn't it's it? It's called Dakar 18. Okay. It must be the 18th in the series. Does anybody remember uh, the previous games? No. I don't either. I'm, 15 years I'm ago. I almost certainly reviewed one. Okay. <laughs> What's called I recently discovered uh, a, a review of a, uh, a Knight Rider game that came out around 2002, 2003. Brilliantly right. written by Jim Rossignol, and I have no recollection <laughs> of the game or writing it. Uh, it's a very good review if anyone happens to have um, uh, a collection of PC gamers from that era. What score did you give it? 76, I think. What no, it was lower than that, 64 maybe. Okay. How did you I, I actually quite liked it, it turned out. Right. I described it as um, uh, being a game that was fundamentally about the reviewer's trance of engaging in something that was ongoing and not be bo- not boring enough to sort of turn you off, but then not actually being fun either. Okay. So you just sit and. All right, All right I've got some news. Go on. Already, this is definitely this. This would be a scanter's story, although I've, I've only got the headline. Anyway, it's fine. Valve have issued 95,000 bans in just seven days. They've stepped up its anti-cheat uh, 
it's do we say it's or is that Eurogamer? We would say they. What, Valve? No, Valve. We would, we would not. We would not say Valve have stepped up. It's, Valve have stepped up their anti-cheat measures. Yes. Um, according to Steam DB, on Wednesday 18th of July 2018, Valve handed out a stunning 61,439 VAC bands. Ooh. I guess that sucks. Oh, that's excellent. Who needs Anne? Thanks, thanks. Um, Cheating's been on my mind recently because I I, uh, was reading the other day a lot about Splatoon players getting quite cross. I think Anne covered that in the uh, news section the other day. And also, in light of our Mario Kart, I wasn't looking up how to cheat. Okay. But I was curious about whether um, whether it's possible because the guy in front of me, uh, well, sorry, the ghost that I downloaded for Mario Kart the other day seemed to be doing some very improbable things. Uh, it turns out they were totally possible, but Mario Kart cheating is a thing as well online. Apparently, uh, there are various players who are, have hacked the Does system. Does that mean that we can't uh, take your scores at face value? Mm, interesting. <laughs> I think uh, you should take them at face value because they're about five seconds slower than everyone else's. Okay. Uh, and I'm not very good at the game, but you, you know, uh, the the uh, the online races apparently are very, very hackable. Um, How is that possible? Well, technology. I don't know. Modern technology. No, yeah. but I think I they're in everything. Like, if you hack a, if you uh, uh, modify your firmware on a switch, they just ban you, don't they? So why can't they? I, I don't know. I guess it's. I sound like an old. I mean, I am an old man, but I sound like an old man. You look like an old man. Feeling <laughs> like an old man. I guess it's all to do with how the data, uh, how the data goes down the wires. Maybe okay, I don't yeah. know. That sounds Does that plausible. Sound plausible? Yeah, yeah. I've I've no idea. Um, but uh, you know, obviously in the PC, it's even more hackable, isn't it? Because all PCs are, are sort of open to humans. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about. This is why we need someone to do the news to praise it for us, and then we can be pithy about it. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to give you a new story now. Okay, let me get the uh, theme. One second. Here we go. A school has banned the dance craze flossing from the hit video game Fortnite because the moves are intimidating children on the playground. <laughs> Jim's pointing at himself, waiting you flossing at me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my own children's school. Yes, they. Oh, is it right? It may not be the same one. The Ilfracrum they have Junior been. School in Devon. That's not the one. Okay, <laughs> but they've it's certainly been banned at my uh, my my boys' school as right. well. Right. Well, what's interesting about this story is that it's illustrated by a picture of Deli Ali, who indeed does floss when he scores a goal. That's right. Um, and uh, famously, famously floss. Now, um, but that's not the. That's not the dance that has been um, upsetting children. Apparently, what because uh, children are nasty to each other. Um, what they've been doing is ganging up in circles and doing the loser dance. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. which is intimidating. I mean, yes, like, flossing's not it's very offensive. Flossing is like the I would never do anything offensive <laughs> like like that. <laughs> well, but flossing, it seems to me, is is the current idle state for children. Right? Like, if, <laughs> yeah, if, if, if they really are doing, is. they just start flossing and. Um, uh, but yeah, so they, they used uh, Deli Alley, but of course it's uh, Griezmann that does the loser dance at the World Cup, doesn't it? So there's all sorts of wrong with this. Uh, with this, um, it's weak this journalism. But anyway, so uh, the quote is: um, <laughs> it's um, uh, it's interesting to read how the Telegraph describes the, the video game Fortnite, um, where it says uh, obviously they've taken a position where they want to instill uh, fear into the parents who don't understand all of they should these, be frightened about these nasty video games. So the um, uh, the, the uh, quote is um, uh, from the uh, head teacher. 
Uh, Fortnite is for 12-year-olds plus. She then goes on to describe, Fortnite is about mass killing of other human beings <laughs> and being awarded by a dance of celebration if you are successful. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> There's an so put that on the box. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, I can't think of a pun to end that news story. Mm. Mm. Me neither. Any more news stories? Me neither. Uh, there's one about Pokemon. Anne would put that in there. Okay. The lucky Pokemon. But I don't, I don't know. Eurogamer have done a roundup of the best micro SD cards for Switch. Oh, okay. Which is the best one? I don't know. That'd be the 200 megabyte one. Yeah. That to me sounds like someone uh, who just wants to claim SD cards back on expenses. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what I'll do. I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just review them all. I mean, what's it like? Why do, why do you need so many SD cards? <laughs> what are they up to? But you want the best know. one if you're going to well, have one at all. Of course you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what could happen? All right. I've, I've no more news and I, I think we're Good. struggling. So, right. short, short. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Are we are we going straight into the gym to view? No, are we, are we this bit of music on because I want to open this multi-pack bottle of water. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know, I know. Uh, this is what is this? This is Crystal Cave by Adam Mills. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. That seemed to be sort of gently ebbing to a conclusion. Right. I had my eye on it, and then suddenly. Yeah, that's it... enough of that. Stop. Whatever. It's over. Uh, we're one life left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are, we're a woman down today. We are. 
Um, which is why, you know, well, I want to say that's why we're a bit rough around the edges. We're always rough around the edges. We're reaching Part the end of, of, charm, long, of a it? long season. It's very warm in the, in the so, UK at the moment. So there's a, there's a, a warning, stay out of the sun until Friday. Mm, do you think this uh, might be our... Because it's, it's one of the... I believe it's going to hit... It might hit 35 degrees tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm going to Sweden tomorrow. This might be our warmest radio show ever. I think yeah. it's even hotter in Sweden, isn't is it? it? Isn't it? Like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. 33 degrees in the north of Finland last week, wasn't it? The penguins weren't having uh, I've been very much enjoying the summer, I have to say. It's been a good summer, mm. uh, but not a great summer to do radio in a tiny studio with headphones. Well, and of course, you know, um, it has potentially had an impact on video games, uh, sales. Mm, that's true. Uh, it was uh, speculated today that one of the reasons why um, Codemasters have laid off some people at the uh, Onrush uh, studio is because the game was uh, was slow, partly because of the weather. But maybe it's maybe it's sort of uh, aided Switch sales because you know more Very people want to take that. Let's. Uh. Is it? It is. But, if, I mean, yeah. I, but if we have to stay out of the sun till Friday, what are you, you going to do? Surely that's going to help, right? Okay, mm. there you go. Good. Uh, hello, Jim. Hello there. It's good to see you it's, and to it's hear It's good to see you. you. We've known each other for a long time, Steve. Uh, how many years? 16? 20 years, I, I think. Yeah, it's closest to 20, isn't it? Um, oh, we've known Simon for a while, too. Yeah. So least. this should be one of the most natural conversations <laughs> we've had on this professional radio show. What are you up to? Me? Well, um... I'm not. Uh, I'm not being a games journalist anymore, mm-hmm. which I was for a long time, and I'm, and I'm making a game. And when I, did you I made a couple journalism? of those about three years ago, sort of. I sort of. I. I didn't just slam the door and leave. I kind <laughs> of. Just, I sort of. You know, you do the sort of backward walk, hoping that someone's going to see or hear your your exit. I did that, um, which seemed to work very well because no one seemed to notice. <laughs> and then. Uh, what, was, what was the last thing you wrote? Um, and did you know at the time it was the last thing you wrote? I don't actually remember. The last review I did, I think, the last, the last review I did that was p- paid for by a, uh, uh, an editor was a MOBA. I think it was um, Heroes of Something or Other for Sounds like one of them, PC of Gamer. And I just, I knew my time was up. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get out of there. Um, yeah. So that, that was the last it's thing. It's a young man's remember. game, isn't it? It is. Can't I used to feel the game. same like, many, many years ago, back on the Amiga magazines. Uh, whenever um, a new SSI strategy game used to turn up, you're like, who's going to do that? I'll, I'll tell you who's going to do that. The staff writer is going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the bell <laughs> told for Simon. <laughs> hand it down until it can be passed down no further. Do you miss it? Yes. Yeah, I really do, actually. Um, because... Uh, of all the free games and right. Doritos and Mountain Dew that I no longer get, um, I've lost a lot of weight. No, I, do, I, I do miss, I do, I miss the immediacy of the turnaround of you know playing something and being able to say what I thought and then getting immediate validation from people saying you're absolutely wrong. <laughs> Get out of here. Why don't you just do that with a game? Just make them immediately, like straight away. I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm trying, <laughs> Steve. So this isn't the first game you've made. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is the fifth, get fifth game. Fifth game, five whole games now. So um, you must be pretty good at this by now. 
Yep, yep, I'm, I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as good as you can get. Does, at it get does it get easier? Yes, it does get easier, but only because we've made lots of stuff that we can reuse. Right. <laughs> and because you're aware of the pain that is That's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're also making it in different ways, aren't you? So, I mean, from what I understand, yeah. some of the things you did in the early games have made it difficult to sort of do other things with them or what have you. So Yeah, I think the uh, the... All the complicated stuff that happens in the background of games is becoming clearer to me. And uh, and initially, it perhaps wasn't that clear, and we just sort of stumbled in and made a game as fast as we could. And it was, you know, you know when you, you find, like, a really big box of Duplo and you build a really high tower with it, and it's just like, God, just keep on going. And see, see as long as the Lego lasts, lasts you, you know, you'll keep going. That was a, our approach initially. Um, but I don't think that's how grown-up games are made. Um, so we, we've had, we've had to hire professionals to teach us how to construct things more sensibly. And and the consequence of that is that the tower doesn't come crashing down every ten minutes. Okay. And, uh, and we I do, think there's we do always more stuff. there's always some element of that. This yeah. is going to come yeah. crashing down because <laughs> I, I I also you know find. I find that fear of you're going to be found out like almost universal throughout every level of the video game industry. What was the story you were you were telling us about the split screen? Oh, um, the, the I don't think I named the game, did I? No, but, you did uh, not. No, uh, that the, the um, uh, there's a very famous series of games that has uh, local multiplayer, and when the characters deviate from each other, the screen splits. Um, that team has gone through so many iterations that apparently no one understands how that code works anymore. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So tell us about the uh, tell us about the game, game that five. you're working. Game five. So game five is is the most exciting game yet by a, a considerable margin. Uh, I think it's probably the most. Um, it's, it's the one that's come most naturally to us, I and mean, we, we but we've come at it from a, a, a different angle, I think, this time. Whereas before, we just had a big idea, and then we'd just run with it until it was dead. Uh, this time, we actually spent some time prototyping and making stuff and seeing if that was fun. And um, and so it's developed out of that, and it's called The Light Keeps Us Safe. Um, and that emerged from a sort of idea that we wanted to make something quite bleak. And, you know, we looked at uh, the road and things like that, where, you know, tr trudging to your death on a, on a bleak highway. And that sounded great to us, but um, it turned out, you know, you needed a little bit more than that to, uh, <laughs> to make a video game kind of rewarding. Um, and so we developed a whole bunch of... Uh, stuff based around the light which is unique light based interactions uh, using a clever flashlight that can be retuned to produce different types of light um, and so as you explore the world you encounter things that need the various different types of light to overcome them and uh, that builds up in complexity in almost in a kind of like like I wouldn't I don't want to compare it to sort of first person puzzle games um, but I think it has a, the sort of spirit of that in there. Um, but we've also done it procedurally, and uh, doing, doing making a game procedurally was what we did with uh, So You're Being Hunted, and it's just been really nice to return to that. It's like having an extra member of the team. Instead of having one person slaving away level designing and then being told off having done it wrong, uh, the computer does it, and so it runs it in a couple of minutes, and it still does it wrong, but there's no one to tell off, and uh, so everyone feels better about themselves. Um, so it's, it's better overall for the psychology of the team. Plus, uh, it means no one has to uh, actually kind of figure that stuff out, except for the programmer, who has to do it all in numbers, <laughs> and he likes that. 
Uh, procedural gaming brings its own challenges, mm. though, as well. So you've talked about how the positives of this. Uh, what are the frustrations? I think the uh, the frustrations always come down to, uh, I suppose. Uh, being a designer, I want to physically lay stuff out. I want to go in and get my hands dirty and and move bits around in the level, and I can't do that. There's always the layer of having to go to the programmer and say, actually, could it build the world in this way? And then he has to go out and, and change the sort of templates that he's using, and then that builds it in another way, and then uh, maybe that's not quite right. I mean, the... the, the the techniques we're using this time means there's lots of lots more hands-on stuff than there was in Sir, but there's still that kind of level of being divorced from it. I think uh, our, our previous game, The Signal from Tolva, was it was super rewarding for me because we did hand build the whole environment and you could see when people were rewarded by a spectacular reveal of you walk around a corner and seeing something beautiful whereas if you haven't made that first hand and you're doing that procedurally there's some sort of level of detachment there which i find i don't know i think creatively that can be that can be challenging to feel responsible for somehow how do you uh, approach making a game stand out uh, in 2018 uh, I refer that one to Simon. No, um, <laughs> I think basically we we mess around with with, with how things look, um, and we we enjoy making sort of atmospherics almost almost above anything else, and so making something that that is moody and interesting space. Um, and I think basically it just comes as a process of iteration and uh, of creating that kind of uh, that, that initial palette and then just moving it around and and lighting it and putting interesting shapes in it until um, until it just doesn't look like anything too close to it. Or at least I think like our kind of one of our sort of set piece things to say is just try and make this game be recognisable from a screenshot. Right. Do you think your background as a journalist sort of gives you some insight there as to what people are looking for? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I definitely... I think the sort of screenshot composition and making sure that there's... Um, making sure that there's enough sort of... Uh, that's visually interesting that people are going to pick it out of a lineup. Mm. Um, I mean, when there are, so, you know, there are so many games with a gun at the bottom of the screen, that becomes harder and harder. But I think the other thing is that... Having spent lots of time in journalism talking to uh, artists, it was it was very easy for us to go away and look for the kinds of inspirations that um, would make something look really good. And you know, I spent years talking to concept artists, particularly because I love the sort of process of a concept art turning into a game. And there's been lots of little things they've said about how things are structured and you know the sort of the how you use stuff in a space and why why trees are, are, are good to look at in a landscape and things like that that i just that that sort of becomes second nature to us mm -hmm. after a while um and so we, you know we, we uh, one guy we worked with um who's who's particularly excellent is a guy called ian McHugh, and uh, he did a whole bunch of stuff over the years for DMA and then Rockstar. And so I think pretty much everyone will have seen his work in, 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 in some way or another. But going to him and um, showing him a cliff that I'd made, and, you, you know, he wasn't... He didn't look down on the cliff, but he sent me back a, a picture of the cliff as as he would have structured it, yeah. and so that it and it, it echoed the, the the fallen rocks along the bottom of the cliff, echoed the sort of fractures along the top of the cliff, and it's like you know stuff that me as a 
you know, stupid game designer had no artistic eye for at all. But being able to immediately take that from the, just the quickest kind of napkin sketch that he'd done and put it into a game environment and go, oh, yeah, actually, that does look loads better straight mm. away. Um, little things like that have just sort of accrued over time. And I think that that shows in the way we use light and the way we use uh, space and the way we, where we use just props within the world. What was the moment in... So you said you prototyped the, the game, um, which is good practice. What was the moment that you knew that this was the right thing to spend the next too long of your life making? So we went away and did some other stuff. And actually Tom, uh, Tom Betts, who has been the uh, technical lead right since the beginning on Big Robot, um, is one of the most enormously creative human beings I've, I've ever encountered. And after we'd finished Tolva, he said, hey, look, I've been making all this other stuff. And so I went down to um, hang out with him in Shoreham and he showed me a whole bunch of stuff they'd been making. And there was, you know, the, his spare time projects were things that just made me go, wow, you've made all this. And so it was very much a case of sort of rifling through that for inspiration. And and we bounced some things around and he and, and it was actually the least developed idea that we went for first because he'd created a sort of um node-based system of, of moving resources from one node to another um and immediately that sort of said to us uh, something like factorio and if you're aware of factorio mm-hmm. where you build these fast fantastic uh contraption based uh, factories um we looked at that and immediately thought, well, that you know, we could immediately sort of move that into a something that we're perhaps a bit more interested in. We started building a prototype for for planets that fed into machine planets that would produce spaceships that would, produce, and it got really boring <laughs> really really quickly. Uh, and so we we picked up uh, something completely different, which was very much more in the vein that we usually operate in of, of first person stuff. And Tom had created a kind of spooky bunker. Um, where things were telekinetic powers were bouncing stuff off the walls and strange lights were moving around the corridors and stuff and i was yeah that, i think that's that's more us and as, and so as soon as we started working on it it made sense to to continue um and everything developed from there do you find this again talking personally but i find something incredibly satisfying about the moment that you play something that you've made and it's not fun because it means you don't have to make it. Right. <laughs> it's a yes, very true. Yeah, you're um. Uh, so this is coming out in October. Am I able to say that? That's the plan. Yeah, okay. Oct- October release. And is it? Are you, are you putting it to early access? We are. Yeah, we we put the Steam page up now okay. uh, with, with the early access disclaimer telling you that it's uh, right. it, it ain't finished, but it'll be great fun anyway. What 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 is it about early access that appeals to you? Um, well, we were one of the first games out with Surya being hunted on early access, and that just worked really well for us in terms of people coming to it with an attitude that they wanted to give us some feedback about how it was going to work. Um, and I don't know, the, the, that paid dividends, I think. And, and I kind of wish I'd done it on Tolva. Um, right. I think pushing the game out there and having people play around with it and come back to you and say, actually, this is terrible try harder is, is really good um and I, I i i see no reason not to do it again and, I, and also we we deliberately went the opposite way with tolva and did essentially a closed development where we didn't really talk about it for a long time and then we announced it and we did all the trailers and the videos and stuff and it was very lonely right it was really lonely that period and i think particularly um the sort of developers like Tom, who who are very used to pushing whatever they were messing around with, whatever prototype they come up with onto onto Twitter and saying, "Hey, look at this," it became quite quite miserable. I think they wanted to share that stuff. They wanted to share the sort of process they were going through, and actually, 
when you're working on these things for such long periods of time, being able to feel great about it and be able to feel kind of like that you can share your stuff and show everyone what you're doing and stuff, that, that, that's a huge consideration. Um, and I think everyone will just feel better about yeah. working on it if they can do that. Great. Well, it's, uh, it's available to wishlist now on Steam, isn't it? Yes, and you must wishlist it. You must it. wishlist it. So, uh, yes, um, head of that. And how can we keep up with your, with your work if we're not wishlisting on Steam? Are you on Twitter? Or? Um, I'm on Twitter, yes. Uh, my, my company, Big Robot Limited, is on Twitter, and that's the best way to keep an eye on what they're up to. And we have one of those fancy new Steam developer pages as well. So all the announcements uh, will obviously be on there. Great. Uh, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show. Thank you very much for coming in. No problem. Uh, are we going straight into letters, or do you want some... To go for music. Oh, okay, well, you have to give me a second. Well, if you want to do something, just do it, rather than hope that I will... That my, the, the, the verbal t- coin toss will land as, 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 as you'd prefer. We'll get better at this. <laughs> going on that was a sudden ending wasn't it <laughs> Another one. again fine that was uh castaway by amateur amateur lsdj uh i i hope I you like that a, doesn't take this the wrong way but was it supposed to end like that or was i that? think i i think it's well what we're doing today is we're streaming them off the laptop uh, because we're trying to be more environmentally conscious yep. by not burning and throwing away cds every episode so we're doing the right thing and maybe maybe the show sounds a little bit rough around the edges but i'm sure all of our listeners will appreciate the fact that we're trying to do the right thing exactly they won't mind yeah they won't mind this is resonance 104.4 fm uh we're a radio show about video games and we also have a letters section which starts now Thank you very much for all your letters this week. We've got quite a few, so uh, let's crack on with them. Crack on with them. Um, Katharina writes, "What was the first game to ever make you cry? Describe what happened." Cheers, Katharina. Uh, undoubtedly, something on the BBC Micro where I felt like I'd been hard done by. I imagine it was probably Citadel, uh, which is the first game I ever completed. Do you remember mm. this today? I do. I do remember. Yeah, no. I just I, when when I saw this letter coming earlier, I approached that that from an emotional. With, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did I. And I think the answer to that from an you know an adult emotional thing is I have never cried at a video game. But just had something in your eye though, didn't you? Just thinking <laughs> of something really sad. Yeah. Um, but the um, but yeah, I've definitely cried out of frustration as a kid. Right. Mm, why? What was your answer? Well, I, again, I, I've not bawled. Right, uh, but I, I got very teary at the end of Eco. 
Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't cry, obviously, Jim. But um, so that doesn't seem like you. That's why I don't, I don't want to you again. <laughs> getting teary because you thought I've wasted all my time. Yeah, what nonsense all these is questions. this? No, it was just over- overwhelming, really. Uh, we should say Katharina uh, is one of the developers of my child Lebensborn. Um, she's do. I've seen lots of press for that. It must be doing very, very well. Right. Uh, brilliant iOS game. You should all download that if you can, and you can. So do it. Uh, you want me to read one? I do, yes. All right. Uh, Chris Conroy, Chris Conroy, who has written, I think, three or four times. Yes, well, we, we, we have a follow-up one afterwards. Yeah. Uh, subject line, for consideration if Jim Ross and Noll is on the show. He writes tentatively. Dear team and SSG, great to hear that Mr. Ross and Noll is on the show tonight. Is he, he is, right? Definitely. Despite a current love affair with the Switch, my heart will always belong to the PC, and Jim's been such a big part of PC games culture for as long as I can remember. When I heard he was coming on the show, I checked my bookshelf and realised with a shock that his book, This Gaming Life, was published a decade ago. More than that now. By way of an update, I wanted to ask what he had felt had been the biggest shifts in gaming culture in that time. What upcoming changes he's most excited about? Your patient correspondent, Chris. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, the the sort of prevalence of video, basically, at that point, you know, I was writing this in, what, 2005, 2006, to be published in 2007, and the, the way that the culture has gravitated towards and been taken over by streaming, and it's interesting, though, because I, I around that period, I spent a lot of time talking to people about um, how games gave them sort of a sense of being part of a part of a little team you know maybe there was a couple of them that were were, were gamers at school um, you know you go around a mate's house and play games and I feel like that sort of watching your mate play games is now mm. just the, the thing that everyone does and except your mate is uh, some guy who lives in Australia and uh, has a crazy haircut so you started it basically me yes yes yeah. that's what I I thought I started video game culture (laughs) generally (laughs) Uh, if you can read the next letter out please Jim all of this it's a a long letter from Chris Conroy he says dear team exclam I've recently been playing a bit of Zach Gage's really bad chess which subverts the game by giving the players random pieces at the start other than the no time limit auto save one handed play style what also appeals is that by randomising the chess pieces deployed to each player, it puts the focus of the early game back on puzzle solving and strategizing instead of playing memorized set pieces. Mm. Mm. Ironically, this makes the game feel more balanced than playing normal chess against a machine. Have you had fun in games where something in the underlying rule set has been twisted to create something new? Any house rules for multiplayer classics that have the same effect? Your perfectly balanced correspondent, Chris Conroy. Mm. It's a very good question, isn't it? Uh, I can't think of any immediate um, examples of uh, rules that's being twisted, but I do like how um, something like Rocket League, which has a core game, uh, obviously get a ball, get a ball into a goal, but um, you can set up custom games with you can vary the gravity, infinite boost, all of mm-hmm. that sort of stuff, uh, which you know makes the game more fun for people that are terrible at it, like me. I can think of something actually. It's not quite the same as what uh, Chris Conroy is talking about there. But I remember, actually, this is one of my first exposures to Steve Curran. Uh-oh. Was the the original, I think it was Operation Flashpoint or Armour um, 
editor mm. when you came around and told us that we all had to jump in tractors and race across an island while you hunted us in a helicopter gunship. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't mean in the game. <laughs> um, I really like really bad chess. I don't know if either of you have played it, but one of the things I really like about it is I can't play chess because there's a certain level uh, I get to and then it all gets too high stress for me. I know I'm going to lose the computer outsmarts me and I don't enjoy it. But with really bad chess, the idea that the pieces are randomised and suddenly you're, you know, you're up against five queens or something you know you don't have a chance and that takes all of the pressure off it becomes like chris says a puzzle solving game um i think it's super super clever design joel atkinson writes hi team ol and ssg this weekend somebody on the subreddit for soon to be soon to officially die competitive card game android netrunner talked about a deck building challenge they had where they tried to lose the game by in-game dying as fast and as consistently as possible. This got my brain gears turning, and over lunch today I've had a load of fun building and refining a deck which can pretty consistently achieve this in about half a turn. What ways have Team OLL and the super special guest inverted or ignored the stated goals of a game for fun? Cheers, Joel. Similar question, isn't it? Yeah, That is very similar. There was this one time, right, when Steve <laughs> made us all get in tractors. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, you see, I didn't have an answer to Chris's question right, either, which is why I sort of changed it. Okay. Uh, we did have someone who wanted to do a feature exactly on this right. um, a while ago. Maybe I should get back in touch with mm. him because, yeah, the idea of uh, playing games in different ways is interesting, but not interesting enough for me to have an answer. <laughs> All right, Lawrence Weir writes, Hi, team, minus Anne and SSG. I'm always considering the possibility of getting a Switch. However, if I'm honest, the only games that I feel I'm missing out on are Mario Odyssey and Zelda. Well, with not much on the horizon, uh, which is tempting me, I feel I'm in a waiting game with the console price to come down enough for me to feel it's worth it. Right now, £300 is too steep. As you have played these games, what price do you think these games alone warrants for the console? I'm currently thinking sub 150, which means I might be waiting a long time. Very long time. Mm, I can't long see time. it ever happening. No, uh, I don't think so. I, I think <laughs> it sort of depends how much value you attach to your free time, right? Like, I, I think both both of those games, I've, I've, you know, I don't play many games for over 40 hours, and I've definitely sunk that into both of those games. Yep. And I'm probably going to go back to Odyssey this week because I'm done with the games that I'm currently playing, apart from Luminous, which is becoming a poisonous addiction, and I need to break it. Uh, and I, I've had such joy in those video games, and I, I don't know. I think it's worth three hundred quid. Like, yeah, the the real problem for me, it seems, is that that three hundred quid is just the start. Mm. Like, it's a very expensive habit. Yeah, it is. And there are other games on there that I think are are worth it, like Luminaires. If you fancy video game addiction, like um, <laughs> in a painful way. I think. Have we got any more letters? We do, yes. Okay. Dear team, care to comment on Waypoint stealing podcast titles from One Life Left? I Is this saw the start this. of some beef? So ask Stephen Christie. Mm, interesting. Do you know what Waypoint is? Yeah, it's, it's what used to be Vice. Right, okay. They're right. very good looking and very clever. Yeah. Are they? Interesting. They're um, too good looking to think up podcast titles, though. Yeah, uh, our podcast titles are excellent. I also, 
So I was reading the sort of brief description that Stephen sent me, and it said, in today's Waypoint Radio, we talk about our extensive interview with Sean Murray. So does that mean they did the interview in a previous podcast, and then they've done another podcast where they just talk about it? If only there was a way of listening to it. I don't don't want to. No, I know, exactly. our hashtag content. Um... Also, says Sean Murray of Hellop Games. Do you think that's a joke, like a joke we might do? (laughs) Or do you think it's a typo? Let's assume it's a typo. I think it's a great joke. Yes. Last letter. Robert Wells. Hello, team. Hello, SSG. I've just bought a region unlocked PS2 so that I can play the amazing Japanese drumming series Taiko Non Tatsujin, a.k.a. Taiko Drum Master. I've got my stupid plastic Taiko drums, my stupid plastic Taiko bachi, and I'm absolutely loving it. So, are there any classics of the PS2 era I might have missed out on? Any great Japanese exclusives I wouldn't have got the first time round? Any more stupid plastic peripherals I should fill my house with? Pip Pip Robert. Mm, so Robert asked this on our Marioki Discord, mm. uh, and a lot of people already answered that. I'm trying to remember what they said. Uh, I had I that, search, that DJ actually. Remix one, uh, uh, which had some keys on it as well didn't really enjoy that of course you can get all the dj hero ones they're not lots of those knocking around computer exchange uh, i'm actually clearing out my plastic town i'm going to put the guitar hero guitars in the bin really? <laughs> i am yeah not finally. in a volcano <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are going uh what have people said oh uh, ace combat series that's okay. a recommendation persona 4 not for me no. I don't think uh, let me see Fatal Frame that okay. I absolutely agree with God Hand that but was... th- these don't come with any tat it's after plastic tat oh is he separate, sorry separate... sorry 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 your discord chat seems to be about something else uh, no it's the same question he asked that but yeah not with the plastic tat rider um, well obviously you should get Guncon and uh, the, yeah time crisis uh, well, I wasn't going to say that I was going to say point black but that's PSX not uh, yeah. PS2 what about I had Mini Money Tambourine I think I still do uh, which was the Samba de Amigo Tambourine game for PS2 okay still got that somewhere Get you can have it down. if you want um, yeah any recommendations Jim all my plastic tat are enormously knobbly sci-tech joysticks for the PC. <laughs> okay. So, no. Good. Thank you very much for your letters. Uh, you've got one more week to correspond with us before the summer but break. But not with you. Not with me. No, I'm not here next week. That's it for you. On holes. Where are you going? D-Mob happy. I'm going to Scotland. Huh. Nice. Yeah, cheers. It's a, it's a couple of degrees cooler up there. Good for you. Uh, we don't have time for more music. And no? also, I don't trust it. So okay. let's get on with the reviews. What have you been playing? Me? Well, uh, I have got very, very near to the end of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. and Congratulations. Thanks very much. Um, for a game that starts off easy, mm-hmm. uh, um, it's got... It's got I've <laughs> had to go on... Don't tell anybody this, obviously, but I've got to go on Eurogamer today because I've reached a stage where in order to unlock the final set of levels in World 3, which I believe to be the final, the, the last world, um, you need something like 140 gems in total. I've only got 134. I've, I've, I've encountered other moments where you've needed a set number of gems in order to go a little further. And so I've already hoovered up what I consider to be the easiest right. ones. Right. Uh, so now I've looked at oh really so I've um, I've downloaded a, uh, a Eurogamer guide I saved it as a PDF and I'll be reading that on the plane tomorrow 
just to finish off. Uh, but in the meantime, um, when I was travelling back from Glasgow this morning, uh, I started Wolfenstein up on the on the old Switch. Really? Yeah. I tell you what, that's. I mean, I hadn't played the um, obviously. Obviously, I played the original original. Of course, you did. Um, but you I'm are not very old. I am very old, but um, uh, I'd not played um, this update uh, before. It's a bit grim, isn't it? It oh, starts off yes. really nasty. And actually, because this is Wolfenstein 2, which uh, the first one wasn't on the uh, Switch, it gives you a little flashback to what happened in the first game. And crikey, that was a bit hard going for 7 o'clock in the morning. That's reminding me that this is, um, I think, one of the only games I've ever seen. I saw a friend uh, on Facebook go, yeah, I bought Wolfenstein. I played the opening and I took it straight back <laughs> like because it's too horrible yeah he was yeah. Re- he was re- he wasn't joking he was like really angry about it he was right. like that is not um you know it's not a good use of my time and it's not a good use of the time of the people who made it either. right okay well I'm, um, I'm i'm early into the uh, the opening levels like yeah pretty bleak it looks good on the switch though those right. panic button boys are clever aren't they they're, they're, they've they've handled the port the people that have done mm-hmm. um, did Rocket League did such a good job on Rocket League I think they also did Doom as well yeah so um, you know I don't think you can have uh, um, two more different games Captain Toad and all its charming playful proddiness and Wolfenstein which is just horrific <laughs> <laughs> 7 out of 10 Good, Jim. What have you been playing? I have been playing Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. What? Um, yeah. It's because my son needed tutoring in, in the ways of beat-em-ups. Okay. Ah. So you schooled him, did you? I did, yeah. Who do you play as? Um, who did he play as? Well, who do you play as? Oh, I play as Cammy. Of course you do. Of course you do. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> um, he played as... Um, I can't remember his name now. The hulking one with the chain. Birdie. Birdie, that's it. Yeah, I want to call him Ducky, but it's not quite right. right. (laughs) Um, Which he, he, you know, obviously bigger characters are going to win because they're bigger in in his unbeat-em-up logic. Mm. Um, How did he get on them? Very well, very well. Um, It did take about 20 minutes to log in to the Street Fighter online Uh, service. and then What uh, format is this on? uh, This is on the PlayStation. Okay. Uh, and then download an update so that we fell asleep before we could play it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but after that, uh, it, it only took around five minutes to log on. So okay. yeah, I think things uh, Best of three things, things hot up. Uh, no, I think it went. Uh, yeah, I think uh, was it? No, no, I think I won flat out okay. the first time, and then you know I let him win a couple after right. that. So figure it out. I played uh, Street Fighter back in the day with its pressure button on the arcade cabinet. Played Street Fighter Two. Who didn't? Who didn't? Mm. Street Fighter Three. Uh, fewer people played it, but you know, distinct again. Street Fighter Four. The comeback. Uh, very, very visually distinct. I can't understand what the difference is between Street Fighter 5 and Street Fighter 4. Can you explain it? You have to spend 20 minutes logging into the online <laughs> matchmaking service. It's very right, simple. it makes sense now. Yeah, sounds good. Ah, okay, uh, good. Um, so is it any good? 7 out of 10? Perfect. Alright, uh, I've been playing Luminez. I spent too long playing Luminez yesterday, like all day, and I've broken all my records. I'm now top 50-ish in the world in most of the score charts. You must be very uh, I can't look at things now without rotating blocks okay. I'm rotating blocks as I talk to you and have been all show um, and I need to stop playing it I need to stop so I'm going to stop I've also been playing Mario Kart okay. uh, as part that. of I've our WhatsApp group I, um, I set at what I thought was a decent time 
and then it got beaten by five seconds and I'm not playing that anymore. Okay. It's <laughs> fair uh, <laughs> Uh, but I have been playing something that I don't think I've talked about on the show before, which is Pan Pan. Do you know Pan Pan? I do not know Pan Pan. So I picked up Pan Pan knowing nothing about it in uh, the way that I do sometimes, which is I went on the Switch store, looked at sorted by discounts, saw this thing had dropped a couple of quid or whatever. I mean, and it looked, thought. yeah, it looked pleasant You're enough. Tight, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, and um, yeah, it looked, it looked super cute. It's like a. Uh, third person is that what you call like sort of uh, camera perspective fixed camera perspective right. it's not fixed camera though is it distant third we person we don't know game. I don't know either you have to describe it <laughs> clearly uh, so distant third person uh wander around adventure game you're basically looking I saw it described as a, a widget collector you're looking for little widgets um, you've been dropped on this alien landscape and you've got to get your spaceship back into working order. Nothing there really makes sense, but in a kind of pleasant alien culture way, there's nothing threatening you, and everything's cute. You've got to solve puzzles by picking things up and using things in the right place. Um, but again, not in a Monkey Island, com- you know, quite cumbersome thing. You pick up an object, you take it to a place, you use it. Usually, that object is a switch of some sort. It's really, really pleasant. It's also very opaque. It's not clear what you're going to do, or even if the puzzle that you're looking at right now is a puzzle that can be solved at this point. Perhaps you've got to do a puzzle across the other side of the map. Uh, There is no dialogue. Um, There's just nice, uh, gentle, ambient music. And as I said, there's no threat. As a palette cleanser from the intense hand cramping of Lumines. Uh, it's been really, really pleasant. I've been playing it a lot. I do have a problem, which is that I've reached, I think, maybe one puzzle to go. At least there's one switch thing that I've got to find to get my ship back working in. And I'm not sure I can do it. And Download so a guide from you Right, again. well, I'm at that point. Right. That this is a game that would be very easily solvable with by reading how to do these things, right? There's, there's no uh, sort of timing skill involved in it it's just working out and i you know i could solve it in five minutes if i just go and download a thing and do that but i'll feel disappointed in myself just don't tell anybody Mm. uh one nice thing is that uh i've really really enjoyed it and you should all go out and buy it um not I a noticed, full price. Not like a full price. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until it pops up in the store again. Uh, but I saw that um, I saw that it's by Might and Delight, who are the people who did Shelter, uh, which is another game I, I really, really loved. Um, didn't know anything about before I downloaded either. And it's kind of nice when that happens, when yeah. you you sort of almost get you get validation in your taste. It's like, oh, turns out I like the output of the yeah. studio. Uh, so yeah, really, really good. Seven out of ten. I've got a quick question to you uh, regarding Luminez. Okay. Um, I I understand there's a theory about playing forever. Right. Is that how you play it? No. Um, I haven't read this theory, although I can see Luminez is a very solvable game. There are a limited number of blocks, and it's certainly possible to place these blocks in, uh, in such a way as to continue playing forever. At the level that I'm playing at and in the mode that I'm playing at, that is not possible. So I'm playing it... uh, My favoured mode is... Uh, 180 seconds time attack Whose isn't Steve? You're not an idiot 300 second time attack Uh, in which case it's all about just playing really really fast Um, there are the other modes which you know uh, 
the sort of main mode is limited to 50 minutes or around about then, depending on how quickly you play it. And that tactic of playing forever won't do you a lot of good. Maybe it would. I don't know. It, it, that could break the game for me. And maybe that's the answer out of this addiction, just to say, okay, it's solved. But I'm I'm genuinely struggling with it right now because it's so easy and so satisfying in every moment that it's much easier to pick up Luminez and play that for you know five minutes or five hours than it is to do anything else <laughs> in my life. Uh, so I need to stop. That's High switch, praise indeed. You can take it around with That's you. You can take it into the garden. You can't see the screen, but it's fine. Oh, we're at the end of the show. We got we through are. it. We got through it. That's Jim, fine. thanks for coming on. Well done. Best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> Best of luck uh, with the with the development next few months. Looking forward to seeing it. Come back on, won't you? Yeah, I will. I'll be shilling my... Uh, Please do. Goff. Uh, have a good summer, Steve. Mm, you're gone. I'm out of here, Until mate. Until... When are we back? September? Got September all the, the stuff. September the 10th, mate. But I'll see you... Just before that Dakar rally game comes out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we should get them on. <laughs> I'll see you in uh, Germany. Yes, looking forward to it. Yeah, Gamescom. Yes. Uh, really, really excited about that. Thank you, Jim. Has, has your new game got some good font work? Because Tolva had some excellent font work. It has like a crazy, broken, post-apocalyptic font. Good. Looking yeah. forward to it. All right, uh, but until then, we've been one life left. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week with Anne. See how that goes. Bye. Bye. Bye.